Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 118. I know you guys probably aren't used to hearing me do the intros, but Brad's on vacation, so I'm taking the reins here. But no worries, we still have a full episode with both of us in it, and we cooked up a killer one for you here where we're talking with one of the hottest up-and-comers in the woodworking YouTube community. Chris from Third Coast Craftsman is easily one of the most talented woodworkers in the world, well, at least our world, and he loves emphasizing using traditional tools and joinery with a new age and modern twist. He recently went full-time as a content creator, and in this episode, he talks about his journey and the difficulties he's been going through now that he is doing this for a living. He also talks about how he's gotten to get over 323,000 subscribers and gives a ton of insights on his personal workflow. But before we get into it, we want to thank our new members that joined the MFP patron tribe this week, Shrade Made. Really appreciate you joining the team. And if you guys are interested in joining, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. Now, without further ado, here's our interview with Chris Schoenberg from Third Coast Craftsman. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. We are here uh, with a up and comer. Mr. Chris Schoenberg from Third Coast Craftsman. I guess you're not necessarily up and comer now. I mean, you, you were an upper comer, but you've you have been established, man. Well, welcome to Made for Profit, Chris. I appreciate it, guys. It's an honor to be here for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think uh, what we we met. Uh, I think you were you were at Workbench Con last year, correct? Not, but not the year before that. Nope, I was there the year before that too. Uh, oh um, no, you were because I remember yeah. I got your sticker. It was oh, like cute. the size of my back oh, window. Yeah, the- I was like, oh, I was like, this dude means business. <laughs> He's got Third Coast Craftsman. This, yeah, you could like put it as a full shirt decal on the front. Yeah, well, yep, <laughs> very big. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to be on the Savage. sticker walls and I'm going to be known. Yeah, I want to be seen in every video I watch. Oh, there it is. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I do remember that. You did make an impression because I was like, ooh, the big sticker guy. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Well, awesome, man. Well, hey, if some of our audience may not know who you are, so... If you could just give us a, a little overview of you know who you are, what your channel is about, you know what your business is about. Uh, if if you want to go into a little bit of that, how you got started, and uh, just kind of walk us through you know you and what you're doing. Okay, um, my I'm a full time. I would call myself a YouTuber, content creator. Um, I really focus on the YouTube thing. Um, I really uh, suck at Instagram and that kind of thing, which I really need to up my game. But really, where my uh, bread and butter is is YouTube videos and. I have been full time since May of last year. So, you know, we're getting close to um, a year and a half at it, which is pretty crazy to think it's flown by. Um, And what I really like to do where my passion is, even though I don't I don't feel like I get to do it as much anymore, is like real fine woodworking, traditional joinery um, type projects where I really like to challenge myself with design and uh, different joinery methods and come up with crazy things and um, and do that. And I and really feel blessed that I get to essentially choose what I get to make for the most part and challenge myself in that way and, and be more or less uh, an artist. And rather than kind of 
be like a furniture maker that makes the same exact thing over and over again. I get to make new stuff all the time and make videos on it. And it's just a really, really fortunate path that I've uh, just happened to kind of stumble down, you know, started off way back in the day, like most people, when we discovered woodworking on uh, YouTube, we watched tons of videos and saw all this stuff. And so I thought, you know what, hey, that looks easy enough. Let me try that. And I uh, found out right away that it was not easy at all, very difficult. And it's been a <laughs> monstrous learning process, you know, because I had absolutely no idea about video and audio and editing and um all of this stuff, you know, building a computer that can handle that kind of stuff, the different types of cameras and all their lenses. So it's been way, way, way more of a learning journey on, well, I'd say it's been as much of a learning journey on l producing content as it has been growing as a woodworker. But it's, uh, you know, learning is, a, is an awesome thing. I love any chance I get to learn new stuff. So it's been a really, really cool, I feel very fortunate and very blessed with the uh, path that I've been kind of stumbling down here. That's awesome, man. But, you know, almost a year and a half. That's that's fantastic. And like, so once you hit us a bit with, uh, you know, the backstory before that, like what were you doing before you went full time and how did that, you know, how did that grow out? Because I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners out there are like, man, I, I you know, I'd love to I'd love to do that. I'd love to be a full time content creator. But, yeah. you know, I, I've got this or I've got that. And I don't know how how to do it and all that. Like, you know, what were you doing beforehand? Did you have any background in I mean, you just got through saying that you had to learn a lot of that. So I'm assuming you didn't have any video no. background, but, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I've been woodworking for a pretty long time. I think I found my first project with my grandpa. He was a really established carpenter and woodworker, and uh, I would go out and help him in his shop for many, many years. I think my first project that I have was a fishing pole holder, um, and that was like back in 1999, and I'd been doing you know, projects with him consistently every summer on school breaks and I'd go over and help him on stuff. So I've been like at it um, for a long time and have a pretty good mechanical aptitude. And I just kind of get woodworking and construction and stuff like that. And I kind of have this mathematical brain and like problem solving, which is like what happens a lot in woodworking or when you're building projects, like how can I make this happen? So I've been drawn to it and have been good at it. And then um, about, I can't remember how many years ago it's been now, I think around four years ago, uh, around Christmas, my grandpa passed away and um, it like just hit me really hard. I lost, you know, I lost uh, access to woodworking with him and for whatever reason, it just sparked a new kind of love of woodworking and I really went down kind of a rabbit hole of like the traditional stuff, um, traditional ant tool, uh, antique tools and um, joinery, like hand cut joinery. I was like fascinated with it. And so I went on this just major learning experience and started practicing and learning this traditional stuff because my grandpa really wasn't um, a traditional woodworker. A lot of those old timers that I found, you know, they grew up in that depression era where they busted their butts as uh, as kids doing everything the hard way. And so when like power tools came around, they're like, heck yes. So, <laughs> so, uh, I, I learned a lot of that stuff, the power tool stuff with him. And then I kind of just went on my own journey of the hand tool things. And it was around that time I was really interested in watching the videos on YouTube about three or four years ago. And then I started um, making my own projects and I'd look for something and then there might not be a video on it. So when I finally started getting around to it, I was like, I'll make a video on that subject after I've learned it. 
reading books and, and practicing, I'll share that knowledge with people that couldn't find it like me on YouTube. So I did that kind of as just a, um, just getting my feet wet, knowing that there was a possibility that there's a living to be made on YouTube, because I've seen a lot of these people and, you know, some of my favorites back in the day, still favorites like, you know, Jimmy, Darista and Samurai Carpenter. You're like, you know, you know, these guys are doing pretty good at this and making a living. And that was kind of my aspiration. I was like, man, I want to make this happen. So I kind of began, began the grind, as a lot of us call it. And um, Bob Claggett in his book describes it as like this grind. You know, you just I was working a full time job at the time at um, uh, Davenport University here in Michigan. I was a director of public safety, so I had a pretty big workload. And then I was also going to school. Um, I finished up my bachelor's degree in finance, and then I also had begun working on my um, MBA while going home at night and wanting and trying this uh, woodworking journey. And so I was just doing both. You know, I was working 40 plus hours a week at work. I'd come home and work 40 hours a week at home, you know, on the weekends and, and after work, like doing this woodworking YouTube thing. And then it slowly, slowly, after about a solid year of grinding it out, the YouTube channel was about 60,000 subscribers at um, Workbench Con the first year it happened. Yep. And I remember talking to Bob Clagg. He gave me my his book, uh, his book, um, Making It. And or no, not, what's the name of his book? Making Time. Yeah, Making Time. Um, I read that on the plane ride home, like from cover to cover. And, you know, it's not a very big book, but it's... <laughs> and then just being inspired from Workbench Con. And honestly, you, you guys, I just got to thank you. And I've thanked you personally a couple of times. Like your podcast was hugely influential in getting me to where I am. I remember listening specifically to like April Wilkerson's Wilkerson's um, podcast where she talked about, you know, diversifying the revenue streams and just I've listened to tons of them. And it's been a huge help to make me like and I had my wife sit down and listen to some of these podcasts. I was like, so this is what we can do. This is how we can make it happen. I'm here right now. We're making this much. I think that if I quit my job and if we go full, you know, full fledged into this, there's a chance to, you know, make a living doing like what I love to do. And so, um, yeah, we made that decision. Like I had about 60,000 subscribers and then I called my boss, the scariest freaking phone call I've ever had. And I told him, uh, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks notice and, you know, walking away from health insurance and really good uh, retirement contribution and all this stuff to pursue this dream. And um, so far it's worked out. It's been pretty awesome. But yeah, made for profit. This is this this has been a very helpful pro podcast, and it's kind of surreal that I'm on here now. Um, <laughs> <we give up. laughs> well, what we found is that you know I'm checking <clears throat> checking your channel out all the time and just watching you kind of skyrocket and really hit a groove on finding like your brand, who you are, what you're about, and then really like your image, and then taking it all to the next level. I think I think what a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners find is that like they think there's like this shelf or this moment or this time to jump into going full time. And really it's like a matter of, you know, and in, in, internally like being, being ready to go. Right. Like you didn't, yeah. you're not looking at numbers as much as, as people may think on Instagram and as far as far as like subscribers and stuff goes, it's more like a, a balance of potential and uh, time invested previously to time invested in the future. And then, and then figuring out, you know, Hey, if I can put, 40% more time and effort into this YouTube thing, I can easily make up for, for, for lost income, something else. So it's, 
it's really cool to see how far you've come. And, and I mean, you skyrocketed past me and, and subscribers. Um, and, and I actually uh, reach out to you quite frequently. I know uh, in the past uh, to talk to you about, you know, editing techniques and, and kind of like your look and format as I've essentially, you know, been a year and a half as a full-time uh, content creator mm -hmm. as well. And, uh, and, and it's been an incredible journey to watch, man. And, I, and I'm glad to hear that you've, uh, you've taken a lot from the, from the show. So, you know, oh, yeah. one of the things that impressed Brad and myself a lot about your channel is like your, um, is, is your development of like your personality and how you've incorporated it into your brand. Uh, I think it's something that's like super impressive and it's actually very difficult to do because what happens to all of us at first is we hop on YouTube and we start copying other people's concepts and putting our own. Yeah our flair, like just being us in it and not really being fully yourself. So tell us a little bit how you developed like your personality on camera, as far as like, you know, incorporating your dog um, and a little bit of your personal <laughs> life in there and stuff. Cause, Cause those are the parts that, you know, I know for a fact people um, can really uh, like sort of assimilate to uh, as far as your channel goes. Like, how'd you get to there? Uh, and, and by the way, Oots is like the, the most man. chill dog like no. in the entire world. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, yeah you just, I feel like you could just like set him in any position and he'd just stay there for like the entire, you know, segment you're shooting. He's just like, yeah, so, yeah. So, so I'd let, yeah. So did he inspire you or did you inspire him? That's what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oots is definitely a really cool thing. And that was kind of like a strategic thing I thought about early on. I was like, well, I know like people like animals and Oots is, Oots is my best friend. Like uh, he's my, my hunting companion. I do a lot of, um, uh, I, I guide pheasant hunts professionally in the fall, like kind of as a side gig at a couple places. And he's a top notch bird dog. And um, so he's really well trained. And so that's where I can like have him go and retrieve my my uh, hearing protection for me or, or I'll have him go grab a mallet off the workbench and like do stuff, stuff like that. That's kind of fun. And, um, you know, it's funny you guys say that, like you talk about my um, kind of developing and, and this personality and brand. And sometimes that I've been kind of hard on myself lately is I I feel like I have, have taken on too much sometimes and some of my videos are are suffering in that personality lately at least because I'm trying to get through these things catch up and I'm not putting a lot of that time in that I want to and I think some of my videos recently have suffered for that but um I know I know where I want to get back to and back to those kind of woodworking pure woodworking videos and things like that where I can kind of have some more fun again and, and get with, uh, have oots in there and just slow down to, to do some of that and bring some of that personality back. But it can be a struggle. You can get caught up into this whirlwind of, of everything. And all of a sudden you're like barely treading water and just trying to knock things out. It's, it's a, it's an interesting journey. And I think, um, I can be a good example of pitfalls to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> and growing your channel like I listen uh, I watch Brad and a lot of these guys that are very very um, organized and good at, and consistent with their stuff and I'm like man I wish I could do that I just that's one of my downfalls for sure is uh, maintaining that consistency and organization and just sometimes I just get behind and it's, it's tough it's real tough yeah that's yeah. one of the things a lot of people don't uh, see behind the scenes when it comes to creating content full-time is that like you're full time. Like it's not, it doesn't stop when you're not putting a video out. Like there's a lot that goes on behind the scene. And, um, and I mean, all of a sudden you could find things where like you could, you got people like Brad who are essentially a one man wrecking crew who's killing it. Yeah. And you're like, how can I not do this? Like I have an employee copywriter editor and I'm still struggling to hit consistently 
and find like videos that are that are working for me. So you're not one, you're not alone there, but two, like tell us yeah. a little bit about those struggles and like how and how you've been dealing with them. Because I think that's a, that's a part of things that we kind of blanket over here on the show. But I mean, if yeah, you're I'm in it, to. if you're in it, I would love <laughs> to hear about it and, and why yeah. you're feeling that way right now. Well, for one, you know, I'll just be, we'll be, we'll be real talk for sure. Like one thing is uh, about where I feel my channel is. So, um, and I hope I don't end up burning, burning myself, but, uh, you know, I started off the channel doing kind of the fine woodworking and, the, and those projects where I really get to push the envelope and make cool stuff that I, and, and then, uh, you get to a certain point and then brands start approaching you. And then all of a sudden, like I'm trying to make a living and provide for my family and things like that. And, but some of these brands with big dollars, they kind of like, well, you know, I would like for you to maybe do projects like in this area. That's not really where my, my channel started. And, uh, so you do it and you know, the money's really good. And, you know, I just, it's such a tough thing. You know, you, sometimes I justify, I think about it and justify the fact that, okay, I'm reaching a new audience with some of these videos, like, you know, the DIY and home improvement things, you know, that's not really where the channel started, but I have a, a lot of videos that are like that are like that and they've done really well for me as far as views go and so i know they've brought in some new subscribers and things but at the same time they can kind of scorn your original core audience that followed you from the get-go through these woodworking plans woodworking things so what i try to do when i'm when i'm um firing on all cylinders is you know do one of those home improvement ones if i if i can and then i'll try to squeeze in a really cool fine woodworking one you know to try to um keep everybody happy but it doesn't always seem to work too you get people that will complain like you know why are you doing why are you like you know carpeting your basement i followed you i was like dude like last video i spent two months building like this thing all with <laughs> yeah. hand tools and stuff so you know i guess it's just a tough thing there's no college degree you can go and follow on how to do this there's no um book on how to do this there's us you know our fellow makers but we all kind of do things different it's just it's just a hard learning experience and you just kind of do it through hard knocks and sometimes you don't see where you've gone astray a little bit until a little bit farther past than you would have liked it to go you know you might start doing videos because money's coming in and you're like shoot now this now I have the stigma of this and this isn't where I want to be. And how do I get back there? And, you know, I don't know if it makes sense without naming names and projects yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> well, I remember, <laughs> I remember when that happened and, I, and you kind of started getting into the home improvement and DIY and like the, the comment section was just ablaze. And I remember going down, <laughs> I remember specifically commenting on one of those cause there's people like, and, and it was, but what was really cool to see too. And I'm, I'm sure you know, we, we all feel this as creators. It's like the greatest thing is like when somebody comes in and they just start throwing like crazy shade at you, you know, you're like, you're a sellout or you're this or you're yeah. that. And then the best part is when like people come, you know, your other audience comes to your side and they're like, dude, For back sure. off. Like he's trying to make a living. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you do, if you're finishing out your basement, because I know you're going to come back and make some killer, you know, handcrafted goods mm -hmm. later and that they understand our you know, cross to bear, which is to make money. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah if, if we could get sponsors to do all the exact stuff we wanted, that'd be awesome. But that doesn't always, yeah, not everybody happen. can have power craft and woodcraft and, or power medic and woodcraft and jet and do, you know, just paying the bills all the time. You yeah. Know? Those <laughs> guys are jerks. Whoever does wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, it, yeah, it, it was really cool to see 
to see how your your audience did rally around you. And, you know, I've, yeah, there's I've, a good I've group, of, something a real in good there, group of people, you know, to try to give you some encouragement because I saw it like I could just see it in the comments, you know, and you responding to that. And that's like a very real thing that I think a lot of people struggle with. And I, I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it is you know something that not a lot of people talk about is that, um, you know, sometimes you have to take these things like to make it work. And, and you yeah. know, I, I know if it, like in another year or two that hopefully you'll, you know, you will be in that spot where you can kind of pick and choose um, or yeah. have some of those more fluid ones. Like John and I were just talking beforehand. Like when you look at all these ones, like a, you know, a trade coffee or a Skillshare or Squarespace or whatever, like you can put those yeah. on any video and those are great yeah. for that and reason. I get, get lots of those and stuff too. And those are really nice. Um, I think I understand viewers kind of like, oh, roll their eyes when those ad, ad ones come through. At least your core audience that sees sees us do those a lot. And those are nice because those you just kind of throw in, let them happen. Um, but, you know, some of those other brands that uh, one of the other brands that I do a lot of the home improvements, I mean, the the to talk uh, money a little bit, it's I mean, bec- one of the reasons I, I know that there's some brand damage that happens when I do those. So I threw s- stupid numbers at them. And if they they want to pay it, then you do it kind of thing compared to those easier to integrate ones. So, um, yeah. And, and, and I wish audience, the audience that your core audience that sometimes gets frustrated with what you're doing had any clue with the amount of, um, stuff that we turn down and, and how much like research we typically do when we are choosing to accept a brand like trade coffee or Skillshare or audible, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you guys are the same and almost all of us in the maker community and woodworking community who care about our audience, we really vet and look like every one of those products that I end up doing, I was like, okay, well, I want to see, I need like to use the product for a couple months and check it out. Like, um, and if I like it, then we'll do it. And this is going to be my rate. And then I'll let them know. Um, but get, get brands daily. You guys get brands daily that come at you with like, Hey, you know, we want you to do this thing. And I can tell you right now that I'm not going to, respond or do that or if it is a home improvement project i go about it in a way that i think will add value to my viewers like how can i do it affordably for them how can i make it so it looks really nice and that it's not a complicated project or process like when i carpeted the basement i didn't like you know get a bunch of carpeting stretching tools and bring down a big mat of like you know, I got that uh, tile carpet. I was like, I know anyone can do this and it looks great. I went out and shopped and found some great looking ones, work with the brand. I think viewers would really like this. So we're not just like taking anything and everything that people throw at us. We care a lot about what the viewers see and what we put in front of them, you know. So sometimes I don't think the viewers, because you can't just say that on, on your vi- <clears throat> videos and stuff all the time. But I don't think viewers really appreciate what a lot of us, well, I hope they do. I just hope they appreciate that we care about them and what, and what we put in front of them. And it's yeah. not just all about, yeah. you know, taking any, any money that comes our way. Yeah. That yeah, does yeah. make it like a little bit difficult. I mean, uh, Brad knows like I've canceled contracts with brands that were trying to control a little bit too much of my content. And I mean, yeah. I, if I'm going to throw something out there, that's wild. Like it's, I want it to be on my terms. Like if I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to do like one of my last videos where it's like completely off the rocker and, but it's going to try and steer in a different direction and cast a wider net. I'm not going to do it based around a product. I want to do it based around like my personality or where I think that the, my, my channel can go. And it makes it really difficult when you're, when you're paying your bills with, with, with brand deals. Um, mm-hmm. If some of them want to control your content, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate that almost every single brand that I work with is, is very flexible with how we work together and, and what we do together and the types of projects yeah. and, 
and how things are integrated or non-integrated or whatever it might be. And I actually don't ever do, I don't think I've ever done an ad that was for a Skillshare or a trade coffee or anything like that. Cause it, it just, it doesn't fit me. Like I'm not yeah. for me to stop in a video and then tell you about, you know, one of those things. It's, it's just nothing. I, I haven't done it before. And I almost have never read an ad in anything I've ever done. I don't think. Um, and, and, and that's something that mattered to me and with the audience that I'm trying to build. But I think it's also something that, um, you know, you can take for granted as in like, I don't make as much money as some other people because I don't take those on. And that's the balance for myself. It's like my channel's not exploding or yeah. growing and I'm trying to find like, a, you know, a little bit of a pivot in my brand and stuff. And so I could totally feel what you're saying. Like I was, we were just before this, this, the show talking about a brand coming at me and wanting to work together. And I threw a stupid number and they immediately came back and balked at it. And I'm like, well, it's actually not that dumb. It's right in the wheelhouse of what uh, integrated ad placements play pay. They just want to work yep. on CPM. And I think a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, um, it seems like glitz and glam, but when it comes down to it, it's actually, it's just business. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, when you're, when you're working and making custom furniture, for instance, or you're making custom anything or, or providing a service, you're at the mercy of the client for most of the, t- for most of the time. And until you can grow to be- get to a size in which you dictate every aspect of what you're building, you're, you're pretty much not able to just say, here it is, here's the price, buy it or leave it and make a living. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're going to be at the mercy of, you know, uh, someone wanting something in walnut and thinking that you can stain walnut brown er and like them telling <laughs> you things that just are literally nonsense. And that happens there and they're trying to dictate and steer things a certain way. So I feel like a lot of people, even if you're not making content can assimilate to that. And, it, and it's like a real struggle in business is you want something to go in one direction, but money's coming in from another and you, you have to yeah. balance both. You have to pay the bills and you have to keep yep. the the direction of or your vision for the brand going in a certain direction, and, and I think it's um, I think it takes a lot of merit for you to for you to bring it up, um, and talk about it, and and I uh, and I admire that uh, you're willing to come on the show and, and talk about it because every it's not I mean it's not the easiest thing it's it's and, no and, it's um, not it's a sensitive tough subject for sure yeah and and it's something we all deal know, with. And, yeah. and I think it's uh, and I think it's interesting, especially while you're growing. And I mean, like we're all still we're all still growing. Um, there's very very seldom people that I would think would say that they've like made it, especially on YouTube, especially when you have, mm-hmm. you know, our, like our largest maker is a f- not even, I mean, you could say it like Colin Furs at 7 million, 8 million subs now, right? And PewDiePie just it's like not even a 10th. PewDiePie of, just right. hit 114 million. And right. So you're like, we're not, yeah. the maker community is, is, is we're like getting scraps compared to a lot of other verticals on YouTube. And, yeah. and it's, and it's a lot more of a struggle. It feels and looks like it's glitz and glam all the time, but it's a lot more of a struggle. So, um, it's, it's a hard work. It's a hard job. Just like any, you know, everybody works, grinds it. And yeah, I would man. say, I would say I work substantially more than I do when I worked a regular 40 hour yeah. a week job. Um, I'm literally in, and it's a, and it's a hard thing to balance with your life too. And your family life, your homework balance, like, um, I get up and the first thing I have to do is check emails and comments and analytics and things like that. And it it feels like if I'm not actually building something and recording it, I'm doing admin stuff uh, surrounding it. It's or I'm downstairs editing or I'm constantly, I mean, trying to keep up on. And I feel bad because there's so many emails that I don't reply to anymore just because I can't. And I want to be able to answer all these questions, but there's just not enough hours in the day. And then, you know, shipping uh, merchandise. And I know I sound like I'm complaining and, and I'm, I'm not. I'm 
I couldn't be happier. I'm blessed. But I just want people to know that it's um, a stressful job. It's, you know, it's scary. You know, we, we have no security like you do at a regular job with um, your 401k or your 403b or your, um, your medical insurance provided for it. And one thing that's kind of weird to say is part of me misses a little bit of that mandatory regiment. Like I had to be at work at seven. It's <laughs> some people, some people are really, really good at self, like, uh, organizing and keeping themselves accountable. I kind of like, sometimes I can dilly dally around too much. Like I don't have to be at work and be accountable from a, a boss besides my wife and myself. Um, you know, at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., if I'm not there at clock, people notice and and then I get in trouble. Here I can like, ah, oh, you know what, I might go fishing this morning or um, different <laughs> things like that. So sometimes I, I almost miss, especially for the um, administrative part, like forcing myself to sit down at the computer, answer the emails, talk to the brands, reply to comments, because that's something I really try to do. Like if you have a question in, in my comment section, even though, you know, we get inundated with lots and lots, I think it's like, a really important personal touch that if you reply to somebody's question, they're like, wow, that guy, I remember back in the day, I would reply to somebody that I really looked up to and they were answered uh, the question. I was like, well, I'm a lifetime fan now, like hell or hot water. He took the time out of his day to talk to me. Um, So I try to do that, but it's getting harder and harder and you need to like dedicate time to sit down distraction free. So um, (laughs) that's, that's a struggle too. If you're someone like me who, doesn't uh have as dedicated or as uh you know regimented of a life that to just make yourself do those administrative tasks and those things that aren't the fun things like you know you guys know like 50 to 60 percent of it isn't the fun stuff of building the woodworking project it's everything else behind the scenes so um, it's yeah, it's tough. I don't even know where I went down that ramble there, but started <laughs> no, somewhere, but ended up somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 real, right? I mean, I like where this is yeah. going. It's just like kind of fighting the struggle, and and um, that is with any small business, right? Whether you're doing oh, yeah, content yeah. creation or woodworking, like you know, you go in, and and that's you know, John and I have, have coached several people on uh, you know actual furniture making. They it's the same thing. It's like oh well, how, I. You know, I don't, I don't take the time to deal with, with leads and following up and invoicing and all these other things and trying to find employees, trying to keep employees, trying to do payroll. There's, you know, it's, it's never ending. And, and actually, yeah. <clears throat> actually, it's, it's one of those things that if you don't get the right systems in place, then it can eat you alive. And, um, you know, I, I'm a lot like you, Chris, I'm, I'm like, I can wake up at seven or I can wake up at nine 30. Like it, it just <laughs> depends. And it depends upon how late I stayed up because I'm a night owl by nature, or yeah. at least I've, I've made myself a night owl by nature because I think that's one of the harder things is like as a side hustler, that's when you did all your work. Right. So like when you mm-hmm. were working your day job and, and teaching and, or at the, at the university that, uh, you know, it's like you, you come home afterwards. And so if you're trying to put out a video, you might stay up till 1am or, you know, midnight or whatever. And so I kind of got into that habit and trying to do the same thing. I completely feel you, man. And, and, uh, it'll more times than not, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I have not done anything yet. Like, I, I need, know. And you're like, Oh my gosh. It's like, Oh boy. Yeah. I need to start going. So, <clears throat> so yeah, the, the, the struggle is real, but I want to hit a little bit on, um, cause it sounds like things have, have changed a bit for you. Um, just from what we were talking about before we started, but, uh, I know at, at, 
pretty early on, you did have an editor, a camera guy and an editor. Is that, how's that, uh, how did, how early did you do that? How did it help and work? And then where are you at now? Cause what it sounds like is that, that he's no longer with you. You know, I hired him like pretty early on. I think it was like June or July. So only like a month or two after I quit my job. And it was kind of the idea of, um, you know, spend some money to become more efficient and make, and, you know, make more money. And like, as he would essentially pay for himself over time. And uh, he worked for me for pretty much like a year or a year and a month. And he just moved on, you know, like he went to school um, as a f- photography and um, had a good background in video editing and stuff. And it was just kind of lucky happenstance how we met each other. And he was kind of like not digging his job at the time. And I kind of had a light bulb moment. I was like, hey, you know, what? maybe I could offer him to work part time for me. So he worked part time for me for a little while. And then it kind of turned into like more full time. And uh, it was really nice. But, um, you know, I a couple things. If you go back in some of my videos, um, like my uh, Steel River table and um, so we put a lot of like editing into those and they were like, you know, inspired by kind of Alex Steele type of stuff, like just beautiful videos. Like some of my would just kill them and they didn't really perform that well. And and we've had some other videos that really perf- perform really well that we didn't put hardly any effort into. And so I kind of came to the realization that it's not so much. I don't think it's. You know, you got to everybody knows you got to get that click through rate. You got to get people to click on your video from the thumbnail. And then once they're there, retention and watch time and stuff like that. But um, it didn't seem to make that big of a difference. Videos that I thought were going to be like, man, here comes a viral video. This thing's going to just kill it. And they wouldn't. And you're like, oh, geez, that's frustrating. We put so much time and effort into building this amazing thing and, and editing this video so nicely. And it just didn't produce. It didn't kind of like pay for the time that you put into it. So um that's something about YouTube as well and making these videos is, man, it's constantly a, <laughs> you think you have an idea. Okay, this is going to, ha- this is going to kill it. And then it doesn't. And then other ones you just throw up. You're like, wow, like this deck video that I did for Lowe's. I'm like, okay, you know, that's just uh, going to be one of the, you know, a video, maybe hundred thousand. That one's got like 2 million now or something like that. Like I would never have guessed. And YouTube <laughs> just does strange, strange things. Like you try, I'm, I talk to a bunch of different, close friends that are also YouTubers. We talk about this stuff all the time. And like, I've basically given up on trying to hit the nail on the head with like what video is going to go crazy. And, uh, I just try to put out good videos each time as best I can with the amount of time that I have. And, and, um, I remember, I think Mike Montgomery from, um, uh, which one, his homemade modern or his modern builds, modern builds. Yeah. I always get those mixed up. He made a really, really good point on your show one time where he says, it's just like a numbers game, like one out of every 10 on average might be a viral video that hits, you know, and you just put them out, you just put them out, put them out, put them out. And like, for whatever reason, the stars align and the gods shine their smiles on that video, it goes viral, but it's not any better or worse than other ones. It's just, I don't know if you guys have that struggle too, or if you got the secret figured out where you can knock out viral videos no, all the time. And no, I don't know that many people other, yeah, Mark Rober's kind of got the, the golden <laughs> hand right now, but he, he, we were talking about, I think on a couple of shows ago that he even has said recently, like, hey, look, I'm not doing anything different, but all of a sudden every view, every video gets 20 million views. It's like, well, that's a nice thing to have. But I, w- I was just looking at, at your page, uh, Chris, I, I sorted by most popular and it's really funny actually looking at it, uh, how, how, 
different it is. Mm-hmm. And like, like you said, that the deck is there. <laughs> then your next one's this like awesome workbench, then no screws, no glues, Japanese bookshelf, then a truck bed, then wooden mallets, then cornhole boards, trestle tables. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like if you look, yeah. right. So if you're sitting there it's looking at it, uh, and so you're like, how do I reproduce this? Okay, well, I can um, make uh, epoxy and LED cornhole boards or a Japanese bookshelf with no screws and no glue. Like, <laughs> those are both going to do really well. Like, you know, it's that yeah. that is the thing is, is that, uh, and even like myself, you know, I've had a pretty decent run at like my shop storage, but then I'll put some stuff out and it'll just completely bomb. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, like you can never you can never figure it out because it's just so much behind the scenes. And, um, you know, like, like John's videos, like had the, the big river pour with the, with the bullets and, and like the logo part of it did amazing. And then the, the table, which was even better, which that part was a piece of, yeah, didn't do as well. It's like that doesn't make any sense. It like, that, and you'd think that video would be promoted to all those people that watch, right? The, you know, you'd be like, okay, you know, this one did awesome. This other one that's like directly related, YouTube's going to promote it to all these people that watch that video, and you're no, nope, doesn't happen. So yeah. it's it can definitely be, man. You're just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's part of the frustration that you have to deal yeah. with as a. And the same thing, like, and, and a lot of our listeners experience the same thing on Instagram. They're like, I had this one video on Instagram and it popped off. It was crazy. And then, yeah. you know, I've, I've done 10 more just like that and I can't get anything. It's like, yeah, that's kind of it's the a mythical of, creature. Of social it's media. a mythical creature. It is. Oh, another, I, I kind of got sidetracked. I wanted to also talk a little bit more about my video editor. So what I was saying is, uh, you know, we put a lot of effort in and I really liked having him around and he was a really good guy and he would also help me with, um, you know, building projects and things like that. Cause he had a, um, a knack with, he had done some construction work and things like that. And I kind of like apprenticed him a little bit and taught him some more fine woodworking things. And he helped me and it was great having him around. But what I found was I really didn't become more productive. Like some of our videos would be more produced. We'd spend the same amount of time. I don't think I got through anything any faster. And then on some projects, like where it's real intricate, where I'm spending a lot of time at the bench, like chopping out mortars and tenons and dovetails and things that just like I can't pass off on him. And he's edited video, but I would have him help me with shipping and everything. But there came a time like there'd be a lot of times where it was actually added work for me to find work for him to do, which was kind of tough sometimes. And again, with my personality, where a lot of times I wasn't good about sitting down maybe the night before and think out tomorrow's regiment, what we're going to do, what I can have my my guy do. It kind of became tough. Like sometimes it was really tough. Like, what can I have him do? I don't want to just send him home. I you know, he's expecting like, you know, making money. And um, it was good. It was good and bad. Like, um, I don't think it helped me produce more videos. The videos that um, my editor produced were really good. He was he became really talented and it was really beneficial for him as well because he got to really you know use his editing muscles and really refine his editing and got really good at it and then he started getting other job offers and things like that and I'm really happy for him to uh make that next step but um it's tough so after he left I was like you know what I'm just gonna kind of go back solo again um I know how to edit just fine I, I don't put as much polish and stuff on it but I don't think that's what makes a successful video I think like what you're building and if you're not just totally botching the edit and you're keeping it interesting jump cutting making a lot of stuff uh move nicely that video if the project you're building and your personality and the audio is not terrible I think you could edit that same video 20 different ways 
and you'd still have probably a pretty good, about the same, you know, results if the thumbnail is the same, you know, <laughs> on all of them. I think thumbnail is key. I think that's interesting because it's because, well, one uh, to touch on first, like one thing I've learned majorly is that um, <laughs> managing employees is part of a job. You know, it just doesn't just yeah. doesn't do itself. Um, so when you when it comes like I've had three or four employees now, including Sam, who's I'm my editor and videographer at the moment. And, uh, you know, dealing with it, it, it's something that I looked at and I go, well, it is it is almost feels like more work in order to offload these tasks. But it goes back to kind of what Brad said is like until you develop systems in which they run themselves oh, yeah. and you can plug yeah. anyone into that role, that's on you as the business owner. And so um, what we realized and what I've realized is that if I'm if I'm just expecting someone to do something in any context, as far as it goes in, in owning a business, doesn't get done. Um, and and mm-hmm. when when especially when the employee doesn't have skin in the game and that's not a knock on any employees, but like. You know, they're not going to stay up till midnight to get a project done. Like I was working late yesterday because we had something that needed to get done for a custom client. I probably shouldn't have taken on, but I'm paying for a wedding and, um, you know, I'm taking I'm I'm taking on anything I can get right now just because I want I'm trying to put more more cash in the bucket. But on the other side of things, uh, I I think uh, I think it's quite interesting to see how how you can approach uh, YouTube in our space as um, as you were saying, like with uh, being project forward, you know, if that's the if that's the meaning of your of your brand and stuff. And, and I kind of want to I'm going to create a little bit of clarity there and, and jump into that a bit more. You know, uh, Brad doesn't have crazy effects or crazy uh, sort of transitions or any of that in his videos and and is very much in the pocket and very much doing well. And then you watch some guys like Alex Steele and you're like, my goodness, like this is incredible. Yeah. Like and you're just staring at the screen. Um, but why are you watching? And and I think uh, you can go both ways with it, right? You can go um, like, is the focus of this project something that I want to emphasize? Um, and is that what I want my brand to be about is project to project to project? Or am I trying to focus on my personality? Am I trying to focus on entertaining or inspiring or teaching or whatever it might be and focusing on drawing people in and regardless of what I'm making, getting them to uh, watch my videos? And or is it a balance of both? And and uh, and I find it I find it quite interesting because uh, for a long time I tried approaching YouTube as like you know what's a differentiation point for this project and and okay it's the project itself how can I make this the most ridiculous thing that I can think of in order to try to get it to pop mm-hmm. off and then realizing like yeah hatchet door handles people literally stop walking by my shop and gawk at them but it bo- <laughs> like bombed on YouTube why I have oh, I yeah. have no idea but it's like it's no one's ever done it and it's awesome. And it's, yeah. it's just sitting there fizzling away and you're like, well, great <laughs> idea. Should have went viral. Didn't cool. Then yeah. you do it again. Yeah. Cool. Do it again. Cool. So I was like, screw this. I'm going different direction. I'll just focus on yep. being me and see how that goes. So there's multiple ways to go about it. And, and it's, and it's a, don't, don't get me wrong. It's a frustration. A lot of us have. Right. And, uh, and I think it's finding that like sort of rhythm in which you're feeling comfortable with, uh, before you hire, that is like the formula for success instead of trying to find it out and allow someone else to sort of dictate it or tell you, um, because it's very easy to say like, Oh, I definitely need a 4k camera. I definitely need to be shooting on mirrorless. I definitely need to be shooting, um, you know, with a slider and with this and that. And yeah, that's all fantastic and awesome. It adds a ton of value to the the viewer's experience, but it's, it's in no way, shape or form on YouTube going to dictate whether your videos are going viral or whether they're are just steadily chugging along. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and I think you have to have strategy behind it. You know, Alec has a couple videos that pop off and go viral, but you know, he steadily gets two to 300,000 views per video. And it's because people come to expect 
the visual effects and, and all the things that he puts into it. And it's because he that was established yeah. within his brand and the identity he wanted to create for his brand compared to us. Who's like, well, if I do this crazy build and I maybe add some slider shots and a drone and like all this craziness, maybe it'll pop yeah. off. And it, so I think it's, you know, Alex is a, he's an anomaly, man. We sure. He's is. a gosh. Sure is. But I th- also think that you can like look and go, all right. So if Brad started adding some more slider shots and a gimbal and a drone and whatnot, it'd be awesome, but it's not going to take away from like the in the pocket kind of video style that Brad has and the dad jokes and your personality and the awesome tips and all the value you're adding to the audience, you know, that mm-hmm. that's gotta be the forefront. And, and sometimes it's, it's a struggle to find that rhythm. And I feel like that's what you're yep. touching on there. And, and it's something or, I'm, yeah, going, or I'm going through right now too. Yeah. Or like, yeah, getting off path of what your rhythm was, you know, just because, <laughs> you know, you start growing and then money starts getting involved and what was really like your staple, you need to try to like, so that's what I'm trying to do right now is, um, you know, I'm, I'm building this boat right now. If you've seen my YouTube channel yeah. and that's mm-hmm. a huge, huge project. And, um, and I have like a couple uh Lowe's projects in between there that I need to have done. So that kind of in, interrupts the flow of getting that boat done. And then I'm going on this trip to Florida and those things really interrupt kind of your flow. But once I'm done with that boat and get back, I have uh, some grandiose ideas of really kind of putting out some, some great content. Um, really awesome projects and try to get kind of this flow again and kind of get back to my roots. Cause you know, sometimes you just kind of, like I say, you get, you don't even realize that you're, you're over your head or, or kind of off track a little bit, but you know, that it doesn't hurt. We're all human. We're all trying to work, do the best we can. And you just grind it out and get back there. And this audience is awesome. You know, it's not like I've lost uh, subscribers and viewers. They are very understanding. I have a great core that like watches every video, no matter what I put out. And, um, I don't, you know, so I can't, no, <laughs> I can't wait though, Dude, to I get back just kind of for my own. No, Man, we can, I cannot, but regardless, <laughs> I think that, I think it's in, I think I love what you're touching on because we had this phrase when I was playing football and it's a phrase that I, that I like embrace in life that I think about all the time. It's like, you've got to embrace the suck. Like you have to understand that it's going to be a struggle and going to be hard Because a lot of people that hop on YouTube or start to work for themselves, they just think it's glitz and glamour and it's, it's cake and cookies Mm -hmm. all the time. And and it's really not like, you know, Brad, Brad and I, I remember sitting here and we were talking and Brad's like, man, like my river table is popping off a couple years ago. He's like, man, I I just want one video to like hit a million. And now you have like, I don't know, seven and like everything you're putting out, it's, it's, it's all going in the right direction. And mine aren't. And it's like everything, it just flipped. And like, where did I miss the ball there? And and who knows, but you got to just keep mm-hmm. truck trucking along and understanding exactly. that it's not going to be easy. And, and I think when you approach it that way, it helps you get in the mindset of like, you know, you just got to buckle up and go to work and like, yeah, you do you put There's ups and downs. Exactly. And even if it feels like, even if you're in a space where you're a quote unquote influencer, like it is not as easy as it seems uh, for, for a lot of people and, yeah. And I catch a lot of fleck in my personal life because I'm like, because yeah. it's like, oh, you know, you need to make a you need to make a couple bucks. You're like, oh, just go put a post on the Internet. And you're like, no, no like it's it does not work like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and it but it can seem that way to the outside world. And I, and I love yeah. hearing that you touch on the struggle because like, dude, your channel is it is doing very, very well. Like you are. Yeah. Everything I, is going 
awesome on paper. It's doing great. I feel uh, I feel very blessed and lucky. And like I say, it's I'm doing my dream job. I absolutely am doing my dream job. I'm at home with my my wife and two kids. She's able to um, stay at home from work now. She doesn't have to work, so we're able to to do that. We recently bought. Um, some property with a big, huge 44 by 48 pole barn. I'm looking forward to building and putting my shop in that pole barn, and that's going to be amazing. Everything. I mean, I'm so happy, but I just want, you know, I, I don't know how many kind of like behind the scenes real talk other makers have had, but I thought, you know, what am I going to talk about when I go on here with these guys? I kind of wanted to just like let everyone know that we're real people and it's a tough job for us as much as we love it. It's still a job and there's the stress of we need to make money for our families and um, we're in the limelight of a lot of people. So we're under a constant scrutinization for, you know, just our methods and things like that. And um, it's uh, I don't know. I just thought, you know, it'd be nice to kind of just share everybody that what what I'm kind of going through right now and the, the lull that I feel, even though I think everything's awesome and amazing and uh, get a lot of support. Everybody's liking what I'm doing, but um Personally, I'd like to get back to the fine woodworking things and stuff like that, but it's probably more internalized in my own thoughts than anything else, and no one else even cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that's what a lot of like we're always our our biggest critics. We are right. We are. So that's you look at your channel, true. and and like you know what you want it to be, and you want more of this or or less of yeah. that. Uh, but the audience just is like, hey, look, we, you know, we enjoy, yeah, we like, we enjoy Chris, watching you know, Chris, you know, we like Oots hanging out in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Like we, we want the whole, <laughs> the whole nine and, uh, and like, we don't care. And, and I think that's the, the great part about it. But another thing that I think is really cool, Chris, you kind of hit on it in the beginning is that like, we're coming up, uh, the, the tickets for WorkbenchCon 2020 just went on sale. John and I are going to be teaching a, a course there this year. And like to know, you know, that like two years ago, uh, when, when you went there, like you were, you had, you'd built some audience up, right. You'd built that, but, and then now you're, you're here. I like, I just, I love seeing that transformation that it's, it, it does seem like, oh, these guys are in the limelight and these guys are doing this thing. But like all, all three of us, you know, we're like, we're just normal, you know, maybe not John, like we all didn't go through the NFL, but John, (laughs) once he left the NFL, he's just normal guy again, Mm -hmm. is that like, you know, that anybody can do this with the right grit and the right, you know, strategy and and unique proposition of why you should watch me versus any of the other, you know, hundreds of other channels out there. But uh, I, I just, I love that. I love seeing guys like, you know, especially, I think you're probably one of the, one of the premier Uh, of, you know, you kind of think of it in classes of like people that came through, like the originals, like, you know, Jimmy and then you get Dave Picciuto and Bob Claggett and Mark and Jay Bates and April and those guys who did it. Then it's like that kind of next wave of like me and Chris Salamone and Johnny Brooke and John. And then that next wave that you're kind of in. So it's, it's, I love seeing that kind of wave of new people Mm -hmm. there because there's always new people getting in and there's always going to be those few that pop up. And then go. And and there's going to be yeah. some that just kind of trudge along, and then they're fighting the good fight. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's going to be others that that fight the good fight for five or six months or a year, and then they just quit. But yeah. uh, you know, like I, I don't. Know, I just want to hear, like maybe you weigh in because I know that you do. Like you said, you have a lot of uh, of creator friends, and my assumption is going to be that those were all guys that were and gals who are in the same spot that you were. So, you know what. I don't know. Do you, do you have any, anything that you can share as far as like, 
uh, either things that you've seen have helped these these folks either change their channel or just keep going or things that maybe you did differently that helped you get where you're at because they're because you're an exception like we're we're all exceptions here most people yeah go at it and they're not going to grow so you know can you weigh in on that a bit so um i think you kind of got to look at um where some of your strong suits are like when i got into it i say i looked at myself i'm like i felt I, when i started making videos i felt pretty knowledgeable about a lot of the subjects such as you know how to do certain joinering things but look i was nobody to nobody i'm just this new new younger person i wasn't paul sellers or rob Costman or um some of these christopher schwarz that are established names that are authorities on the subject that people go to seek advice on and and even so now when i do things like i am super careful about that on like how to do certain things or techniques. And like I get caught in this all the time on these uh, um, home improvement things. I'm not a construction person or, you know, I'm not a contractor home builder. And sometimes I freaking eat my foot and say to do something that's not right. And I hate that. So <laughs> like when putting you're getting the steel in, eye beams upside down. Yeah. God dang it. You had to uh, bring that up. <laughs> and I was freaking sure. I literally looked up on the on the computer. I was like, okay, how are these supposed to go in? Looked at a bunch of pictures, the little notches to the up. I was like, okay, that's how you do it. <laughs> Thanks, Internet, for giving me the wrong information. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I uh, so I knew that I don't think it would have been a good idea for me to do a bunch of how-to woodworking videos, um, not being an expert in those fields, and have that risk of uh, you know telling people the wrong thing to do. Like, um, But what I was good at is, is where, where I feel I'm the best is – design um, and, and making really cool creative things and using cool, unique hand-cut joinery. Um, I think I'm pretty good at that. And You're I think right. my earlier <laughs> my earlier projects that did well that kind of established me were um, from me doing that kind of stuff. So that's me and how I kind of found my original niche. And that's one of the things I want to get back to is just that kind of difficult high-tier level of woodworking. Even though a lot of the stuff I try, I'm doing it for the first time, but I challenge myself. I research how to do it and just commit to it and do it and do a good, a lot of times I usually succeed at it. <laughs> and um, that's where people liked watching me for inspiration. So like when I, um, my original kind of goal for making a video for my channel was hit like three pillars to inspire people. And I get a lot of comments on people, a lot of emails. So I love hearing that I've inspired them to use hand tools or inspire them to try new things, some difficult joinery, some new designs, and to entertain. So I try to make videos that are engaging. They're not just one camera angle sitting there um, stagnant and, uh, you know, or like a time lapse of 30 minutes. Like I really change the angles up. I throw different lenses on there. I have a slider. I had my cameraman that could get awesome angles for a while. So so the goal with the entertainment part is if you've never watched woodworking and you happen to click on one of my videos because it's a cool thumbnail, it's entertaining and engaging enough that you'll sit through and watch it. And like, you know, maybe that'll inspire you to start woodworking. And then kind of the third pillar is to educate. So almost all my videos, I do some form of narration. I'm not one of those um, makers that will just like put music and not, you know, just show like. There's those types of videos like watch me build this. This is really cool and entertaining. I like to try to sprinkle in 
little tidbits of education, especially if I know exactly what I'm doing in that situation where I'm not going to give any kind of misinformation. I like to kind of sprinkle in some education in there. So I like to hit those three tiers. So and th- so that was kind of my model. I think the reason I succeeded at first was because I built some pretty unique, cool things and uh, really thought them out aesthetically, structurally on these designs where they aren't just look cool and going to fail, but they actually have a lot of function and stuff too. Um, And then later on, start dabbling in some different types of videos where I would just do a video solely on a technique or um, do a video that's solely meant to try to get that viral video, like the um, LED glow in the dark, like cornhole boards or like the epoxy putters. Like, you know, so you sprinkle in some videos where you hope become viral Sprinkle in some videos that are going to get long-term views, like how-to videos, how to cut uh, through tusked mortise and tendon. So that like kind of trickles and gets videos, people who go on the internet and search that for the first time. And then you kind of have videos that are just your normal, for me, my woodworking video where they're all kind of all three. So that's like my model. Now, if you're someone who's not a great woodworker um, or not like a super skilled woodworker, like what what can you bring to the to the audience that you're you're trying to become a better woodworker? Maybe you can just have a real authentic channel about going through like this is what I'm trying and and then like really look at it or and then revisit projects and say, hey, this kind of failed. I didn't I shouldn't have screwed it this way. Like try to maybe teach people through trial and error or I don't know. Um, I think there's a couple people there's. A, what I see is there's a couple of different types of makers. There's like the real, you got like guys like Samurai Carpenter, who's just incredibly talented. And he puts, he's mainly puts videos where he doesn't narrate much as they're just to music. And you're just like inspired by his videos on, and what he can create. And then there's other people that maybe aren't like a super talented artist, but they um, show really good, like shop projects and walk you through, um, telling you what they do and how they're doing and then like have plans. So there's, you just kind of have to look at like what you're good at. And then another group of people who started out in media in photography, like the opposite of me. So I didn't know the first thing about it, but there's other people that know that stuff up and down and backwards and just maybe know YouTube and social media. Those guys know the game. They know what's going to work. So they can start, even though they're an amateur, really new to woodworking, they can make a successful channel because of the grinding it out and doing the following kind of the rules and the formula and things like that make it happen. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what you're touching on there is just, there's, there's not like some, you know, magic formula for everyone. (laughs) Is that like, if you can, if you figure out uh, what is engaging about yourself or what you're trying to do, and then you, you focus on it and you bring it to the forefront, you can create a lot of opportunities for success. And I think it's a, I think it's amazing to hear everyone's journey and 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 kind of see how people's brands develop, how businesses develop, how channels thrive and then they they struggle or or how, you know, <clears throat> how some people are, are content creators full time and then they drop off the face of the earth because another opportunity presented itself and and mm-hmm. and like who knows what could what could you're like, "Man, you were so good at that. Like why'd you st-? like who knows?" And there's no formula. Like we're all out here trying to, you know, figure it out, but it's, there's nothing, there's not like some book you read. You just got to actually give it an effort and try. And, and I, and I love hearing how like you're like, we're all in that, but you're, you're, we, I can very much assimilate to how you're feeling and how that, how that's going for you right now. And 
Because I'm there too, man. It is not, <laughs> yeah. not the easiest. And it's not it's not a bad thing. It's something you shouldn't be afraid of to like fail and succeed and, and change and adapt. Like um, I think sometimes there's some pressure to establish like exactly what your channel is going to be. I've done so many things like wrong and backwards to according to those different video content creators out there um, that tell you like how to do it and make it happen. I've changed so much and done so many different project types and video editing types. And like, I don't post consistently like I should and all sorts of things, but it's still happening. So, I mean, you still just, you have to adapt and just try your best and stay at it, be committed um, and be patient and wait, you know, and just put in the time just like anything. Yeah. Very few people out there are the overnight successes. So unless you come up with the next like color pencil guitar, yes, I was just then say you need to put your f- work in. That's it. You got to work hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then along the way, you'll you'll find your voice yeah, you'll and f- you'll find exactly. what works and what you want to do. And maybe you yeah. stray from that. But then, you know, you you it, it's all a learning process. So I, I love that you're hitting on that. And I love that you came on and just were like, really like, yo, here's, let's be real. Let's have some real talk about what, yeah. this, about what this looks like. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. And, and you're spot on there. Uh, at, we're coming up on the hour here. So I want to ask you a piece of advice that you would want to share with the audience. I mean, you've already given a, a ton of great things and walked through your process, but is there any, anything that you would want to leave, leave the listeners with as far as uh, some advice you've learned along the way? I think kind of what we talked about a little bit where some of my struggles are that if you can get out of the gate, really get organized. I mean, like with your your taxes and your LLC, like really get everything organized in one place and come up with a regimented system. Get yourself like a planner. Make make yourself be regimented if you're not like that and efficient with your time. You'll be so much. I mean, if I was more efficient with my time, I'd probably would have. 500,000 subscribers right now because I'd have probably 30, 40 more videos out there and, and stuff like that. Um, maybe, I don't know, but anyway, uh, and and just, like I said, work hard and be patient that it's going to happen. It's a grind. It, uh, there's very few people that are going to make it overnight and it is a learning process. So as you are going along and you're seeing stuff, just know that, I get emails all the time. Hey, how do I get started? And my one of the best w- things I you just have to start, and you're going to learn it as you go. That's, I mean, there's for me to say how do I get started that would take me a a book to write, you know, to respond to them. There's so many things you just have to get in there, do the research, learn, learn how to do it, and just grind it out. Just work hard, be patient, and it'll happen. If you have that fortitude and dedication, it'll happen. Yeah, I love that dude because it, it is like, it, you, and it's going to happen for different people. And you could take twenty different YouTube channels of people who are quote unquote successful, and they'll all have different trajectories. And some, you know, fought for two years before anything popped off, and some mm-hmm. had stuff go in the first three months. And and it, uh, you know, but it's the continued effort. And you know, we really preach that here. Obviously, is is just working the grind and but being mm-hmm. efficient in it, right? And being efficient yeah, as yeah. much as you can. So. Well, Help yourself big time. (laughs) So we love, definitely love the tips of, uh, you know, getting organized and getting your, your stuff together. Awesome dude. Well, yeah, man, we really appreciate uh, hearing your story and just, uh, how real you kept it there and, and shared (laughs) with the audience, man. We really appreciate having you on the show, buddy. My pleasure guys. Thanks a bunch. Absolutely. Loved it, man. 
Awesome episode there. I personally love hearing the true insights of someone who is deep in the mix as we speak, not in the past, but like right now getting after it and grinding it out. If you want to see more from Chris, you can check out the show notes at madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 118 or follow us on Instagram where we'll have him linked and you can check us out at Made for Profit. And we'll have everything like I just said. So thank you guys one more time for checking out this show. I'm going to head on over to our after show and talk to some of our patrons, answer some questions. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.